a sin of sins, a sin against you would be something that really offends you, something that really upsets you. But this was God. This is God speaking. We're talking about the Lord. And when he says sin of sins, you have to look into the word of God. When God gives you a word, it has to line up with the word of God. And that phrase is not specifically right there in the King James Version, like sin of sins. So what is the sin of sins? What is the, the sin of all sins? What is the root of all not, it's not the love of money. Evil. <laughs> Evil. Yeah. And so what was it that got that? You know, it just came to me one afternoon. I was you know, pondering it, kind of pacing back and forth and talking to the Lord about it. And it just came to me that the sin, what's, what is it that Satan got kicked out of heaven for? Pride. Pride. He, he lifted himself up above God. It was the sin of pride. The sin of pride. And then... The Lord reminded me back in the 80s, right? Not too long after I got saved, I heard the Lord speak to me. And uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in the political climate at that time. And I was not a political person. I didn't really know about politics. I didn't know about what was going on. I remember hearing, you know, bits and pieces here and there. I was pretty young. And, um, and I heard the Lord say, America is proud and lifted up. And then the next thing that came behind that was pride goeth before a fall. And I thought, oh, Lord, no. And this was in the 80s. And I'm thinking, Lord, how could, how could America the Great, how could she fall? How could America the Great come down? What is our symbol for America? The bird. The symbol. What bird symbolizes America? The bald eagle. I think it was Benjamin Franklin, was it, that wanted it to be a turkey. A wild turkey or something? A turkey. And no, the, the men of the time, they, they decided on the, the bald eagle. He's, a power, you know, he's, just, he's strong. He's powerful. He's got his power. There's so much power in his wings. His wingspan is so wide. And I didn't do all the research so I can quote those things. But because I don't want to get off the subject. But what the Lord was telling us was beware of the, of the spirit of pride, of the sin of pride. America needs to wake up. And, and you know, me, I'm thinking nobody's going to hear this. You know, sure, it's going to go out on Facebook. And sure, it's going to go here and there. But very few people are going to hear it. But the Lord said, release it anyway. Put it out there anyway. Amen? So I'm releasing a word this afternoon about the spirit of pride and how we need to conduct ourselves. We're, we're saints of God. We're coming to the house of God, seeking his face, seeking his will. And many times throughout the generations, people say, well, where in God have we sinned against you? Where in have we, have we robbed you, as they said? Right? Malachi, they said, we haven't robbed God. We haven't taken from you. So they got the Lord here, breaks it down. And he shows them how they did rob God and hate from God. And that's pride. There's so many times they would get pride, prideful about their, maybe their culture, their background, you know, just thinking that they could walk anywhere and do anything because they, they had God on their side. We, we can't do, we can't just go around doing whatever we want to do. Amen. We must humble ourselves before God and seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek him and ask him, Father, what is your will? What is your purpose? What is your plan? Where would you have me to go? We've been talking it's come up several times about getting up in the morning and saying, good morning, Lord. What would you have me to do for you today? And sometimes it's, it slips your mind, doesn't it? Sometimes you, 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 the alarm goes off or your phone goes off or the dog's barking or somebody's, uh, somebody's car alarm's going off outside or something. And you just jump up to your feet and you start doing stuff. 
But whenever you come to that moment where you realize, whoa, Lord, I haven't spoken to you today, that's when we need to stop ourselves, humble ourselves, and say, Lord, good morning, good afternoon, good morning again. Sometimes I say good morning to the Lord three or four times. Good morning again. Amen? Amen. We need to just wake up and say, yes, Lord, good morning, Lord, whatever you would have me to do, we need to seek the Lord. You know, signing up for college, Lord, what classes would you have me to take? Going to the grocery store, Lord, would you, you know, Lord, you know I need groceries. And today, today is the day that I feel like, you know, it's it, you know. Yes, we should pray about going to the grocery store. I did not realize this, the situation with a certain mall that, that we were going. We had we thought we were going to a mall and going to just go inside and walk because it was all snowy and rainy and musty outside. We thought we needed to get some exercise, so we were going to go to the mall and walk. And I know it sounds like old folks, but you know sometimes you got to get some exercise. <laughs> and, but I said, no, I, I don't want to go there. I, I just don't, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to go there. And we did it. And a little bit later, we found out there was a shooting just outside that mall. And I said, well, I'm glad we avoided that whole area. We weren't there. You know, and you might say, you saw my, my friends out there might say, well, you know, God could have used you to raise somebody from the dead. God could have used you to stop the bullet. And he could have, but he could have used somebody else. But that day, it wasn't for me to be there. Amen? It wasn't for us to be in that spot at that moment at that time. And God sent us someplace else. We need to be mindful or careful and align ourselves with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Seek you the Lord. Okay. Let's read the Bible. You got Everybody got your Bible? Bring your Bible. You look, this school... We got we got a few Bibles, and we got we do have some Bibles in case you forget your Bible. You know, some schools they have bring your Bible to school day, and it's a student-led thing because the school can't lead it supposedly, but the students can. And we need to remind each other: bring your Bible to church, get your Bible, and bring it. Amen. I just that just came to me. <laughs> we need to bring our Bibles. We need, it used to be everywhere we went, you had a Bible. There's a Bible on your dashboard, a Bible in the side pocket, a Bible in your backpack, a Bible in your, you know, now we got it on our phone and we don't think to bring the written word lots of times. And we're not dissing the Bible on the phone, but there's something about the written word, the printed word that you can hold in your hand and flip through the pages. Okay, we're in Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. Now, Hosea is one of the minor prophets, and you can find it by looking at the uh, table of contents in the front of your Bible. It's going to say Hosea. H-O-S-E-A. You just turn there, and then you flip. You find that page number in your Bible. Hosea chapter 6. I think I turned on the recording over there just a little bit late, so I just want to remind or reiterate the dream, the vision. It was a vision that I had of an eagle flying in and landing on a branch. And I heard a voice say, sin of sins. And so that's why we were talking when you, when you might have turned, tuned in about the sin of sins and what, what it was that, that got Satan kicked out of heaven. What is it that Jesus said, I've beheld Satan and he looked like lightning falling from heaven. What was it that caused that? It was the sin of pride. Satan and one third of all the angels got kicked out of heaven. 
because Satan thought he, was, he could lift himself up above God. When we choose things out of God's will, when we choose things to do things, when we try to lift ourselves up and do things that are out of God's will or, or choose to worship something or put that thing above God, whether it's money, whether it's cars, whether it's your family, whether it's your, you know, we were talking about, yes, we need to take care of our bodies. The, our bodies is the temple of the living God, and we are supposed to take care of ourselves. Amen? Amen. We should, yes, you should thank the Lord for the food when you eat it. You should, you should think about and ask the Lord to, to bless you and, and with good food. And he will. It's his good pleasure to bless you with good food. It's his good pleasure to bless you with good health. But we need to be good stewards of what he has given us. I said all that to say that people sometimes worship their own bodies. They worship their health. They put, they put going to the gym or lifting weights or, or using all sorts of things to get healthier in front of trusting God. Amen? Amen? And we can't do that. We must always trust God in front of everything. And God will lead you in what you need. God will lead you and he will bless you in it. All right, we're in Hosea chapter 6. It's good to see you to see it this afternoon, sister. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea is one of the minor prophets. Again, minor just means it's a small, a little small book. It's not a big, big, thick one like um, Isaiah. It's a smaller one. All right, everybody there? Hosea chapter 6. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and then the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we will know. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, yes, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. When I think about the latter and the former rain, I'm sorry? What scripture are you on? Um, chapter 6, and I read from verse 1 down to verse 3. Okay. When I think about the latter rain being greater than the former rain, I think about the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How God said in Joel chapter 3 that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen? And that we're living in those last days. And that the latter is greater than the former because why? Because we have the Holy Ghost with us. We have the Holy Ghost indwelling. He's, he's available to every single believer. Amen. If you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you've been saved, then it's God's will for you to be filled and baptized even with the Holy Ghost. Go and read the book of Acts. Go and read the New Testament. You'll see that the Lord wants you filled. And not only that, there's scripture in there that backs up the prophet Joel in chapter 2 where he says that he will do that. And then on the, on the day of Pentecost, Paul, Peter stood up and he quotes that scripture. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Today, yesterday, and all the way. Amen. Praise God. All right, so we read verses uh, chapter 6, Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, and there we see that we need to, we need to, we taught, we started off even, the, the Holy Ghost is orchestrating this whole thing. I hope y'all understand that. I don't plan these things out to like this. But at the very beginning, we talked about coming into the house of God with a heart 
for repentance, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, that we're willing to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, show me if there's anything that's not pleasing in my life, Lord, I want to know it. I'm coming because I have a need. I'm coming because I want to pray and I want to intercede for this family, Lord. But there's anything, Lord, show it to me because I want to be where you want me to be. Amen. I want to be the man or the woman of God. I want to be the woman of God, me. I want to be the woman of God that you called me and planned for me to be. Amen. Not just what I think I should look like or how I feel about it. Because I got a lot of feelings, Lord. But I want to lay those feelings aside and those thoughts aside. I want to be where you want me to be. And so we, we talk about humbling ourselves. And that's what verse 1 starts with, humbling ourselves. Yes, sister? I'm confused about Adam chapter 6, 1 through 3. But it says, now Jericho, the Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate you asking about it. That way, I don't want you to be confused with us. There we go. All right. So, we'll read that one more time, just really fast. We're going to start with verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1, Hosea. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. And shall then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord? His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain. He comes like the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Amen. He's the one that binds up the brokenhearted. He's the one, you know, when we, when we mess up our lives, we wreck things. But God will bind us back together. We'll come unto him with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. If we will lay down that spirit of pride. Amen. Paul, I believe it was Paul, said we need to crucify the flesh. Amen? He said, I die daily. Amen? We need to die daily. That means we die out to the old man. We die out to the old ways. We die those thoughts that come, try to come back up. That's not God. God doesn't remind you of your past and of the evil things that you did. That's the enemy. Amen. They say, they say, they say that there's a such thing as muscle memory. And, and I think that sometimes like muscle memory is kind of like your brain is a muscle, right? Is that right? Your heart's a muscle. Right. <laughs> sometimes it, it will it'll try to remember stuff and try to remind you of stuff. And it may not even be Satan. It's just you. Amen? And, but you know what we need to do with that? Not so. Amen? We, we need, you can look yourself in the mirror if you want to. You can call yourself by name if you want to. And just say, no, Devana. To myself, I would say, no, Devana. We're not going to think about that. I'm not thinking about that because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I rebuke that thought. In the name of Jesus, you get out of my mind. And I just start singing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. There it is. That's the song that was in my, my heart all day. And we just, you know, we just, we get rid of it. I'm not having that in my mind. My, I have the mind of Christ. I don't think it's robbery to have the mind of Christ. Amen? So we put those things down. We put those things away. And we put on Christ. 
humbling ourselves before God. Have you ever heard about your thoughts repeating itself in your thoughts? Yeah, sometimes that's what things will keep coming back up. So we just that doesn't happen to you. You know, we just push it away. You know. It comes back, puts it away, and we eventually it realizes, you know, this I'm fighting a losing battle here. Sometimes the enemy will keep coming back. The same thing. <coughs> and when you overcome it, he'll try to put a new dress on it and bring it back around again. Am I right? And put some chocolate sauce on there. Resist the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil. That's what it say. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? The Devana version, Pastor Devana version is, and he will run like a scalded dog. He doesn't get to stick around. Amen? He's got to get out of here. Sister and I were talking earlier, and we said it's like a prairie dog. You know? He's not like a ravenous wolf. It's like a prairie dog. Just get out of here, you pest. All right, cute little piss. All right, now jump with me. We're in, we're in chapter 6. I want you to jump with me to chapter 7, all the way down to verse 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us, God. Help us, help our nation, help the leaders of our nations, the leaders in our schools, God. God, help us to humble ourselves before you, Lord. Look at verse 13. Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. This is the Lord saying, they ran away from me. Destruction unto them. Oh my Lord. Is this what we want for our, our nation? For our loved ones? For people we don't even know? No. Yeah. No. We want what God wants. God, what God desires is for people to repent and turn from their evil ways, to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. But the Lord says here, woe unto them. Why? Because they've been evil. Because they've done something else. They've chased after other things. He tells you all the things that, that they've done before this. For they have fled from me, destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. When I was a little kid, I thought of America, and I wasn't a, I wasn't a church-going kid, but I thought of America as a Christian country. I was one of the last generations that stood up every morning and we put our hands on our hearts and we said the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And there was a prayer said by our principal over the loudspeaker and we all bowed our heads and prayed with the principal. It's not like that anymore. Didn't they have that around... What year? Um, they have. <laughs> um, there was a. Well, did they have some kind of discrepancy? Yes, I can't think of her name right now. But uh, they had it kicked out of school, where that you can't have prayer in school, and the only time you can have prayer in school is if the student leaves it, huh? O'Hara. Oh, O'Hara is her name. Madeline. 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 Madeline O'Hara. She brought up a court case, and they had it. She, they had it. Uh, prayer taken out of the schools. I didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah. So, look at that scripture again. 
Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. They ran away from God. Our country is running from God. In the book of Ezekiel, it says that the people thumbed their nose at God. That's basically like the most vulgar thing you can do is what it means. I don't like to say things. Woe unto them, for they have fled from me, destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me, though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. People are standing up today, on this day, on Sundays, and on Saturdays, and on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they're standing up in pulpits. They're standing up in places called churches. They're standing up in places that might say, it's God's house on the front. And they're lying in the pulpit. They've allowed a lying spirit, a spirit of pride to come in, and a spirit, and the lies follow. Amen? Fear, maybe. Maybe there's some fear of what, what people might do to them. Maybe it's the love of money. Maybe it's the love of what men might say, people might say to them. Maybe it's the love of the brand new car and the big house. I don't know what it is. It's in small churches, too. And they believe a lie. The Bible says that God will allow you to believe a lie and be damned with it if that's what you choose. I don't choose that. Amen? Choose truth. Truth is hard sometimes. Truth does not always tickle everybody's ears. Truth makes people uncomfortable. Truth sometimes flips the temple tables. Truth sometimes makes people want to crucify you. And hang you on a cross. Amen? Amen? Truth makes people angry. I'm sorry? Is it? I haven't seen that one. <laughs> we need to understand that when we walk in truth, that not everybody's going to love us. Not everybody's going to follow us. Not everybody's going to be beating down the doors to get in. If we will speak the truth, we must speak the truth in love. Because we don't speak the truth in hate. Amen? Mm -hmm. We speak the truth in love. We love people. Amen. When your truth is spoken, it's spoken in love. It is the true truth. These lies are being spoken out against the Father, our God, our Creator, the lover of our souls. They are lying about God. They're saying that God is mean, that God is hateful, that God's law is not true. They're saying the Bible is not the word of God anymore. They're saying the Bible is not relevant. They're saying the word of God is not relevant. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been in churches recently, backwoods, country churches. I've been in churches in the city. And I look around at the youth. And I see youth in these churches. Young people in these churches. And then I look at the pastors and I listen to what they're saying. And I listen to the, the word they're preaching. And guess what? They're still preaching the word of God. Guess what? They're still preaching from a King James Version. And guess what? The kids are loving it. Amen? They're still, they're still coming to the altars and weeping before God. They're still inviting their friends to come into the house of God. Come and see what the Lord has done. They're still growing. They're still getting in there. The word of God will never not be relevant. The word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. It will always be relevant. Amen. Amen. Our God is the Alpha, the beginning and the end. Amen. Amen. He's everything in between. 
There's absolutely no room for our God not to be relevant to whatever generation we're in. God has always been relevant, and he always will be. God knows what makes your heart beat, what makes your heart rate go up, what makes your heart rate go down. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many little of those little crystal things turn your eyes. He knows. Amen. Amen. He knows. Our car started messing up. It started doing something weird last week. We had to go get one of those thinking things. And they poke it up in there and they, they tell you, reads the codes, a code reader. It's to tell you where it was misfiring, what was going on. God knows you and he doesn't have to plug you in because he already knows. He's connected to you. You are his. And he knows the very intricate comings and goings, every little bit about you. Amen. He knows what makes you cry. He knows what makes you happy. He knows everything. He's relevant. He's real. Don't believe the lies. Don't speak the lies. Don't buy the lies. Buy the truth and sell it not. Verse 14. And they have not cried unto me with their heart. This people has not cried unto God with their heart. For many, many, many years, ever since they, you know, they started the see you at the pole thing, but before that, you know, God spoke the word thousands of years ago and said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their evil ways, amen, and so on and so forth. They started the see you at the pole thing. They, they, they made that their mantra. The Lord spoke it to me later in, in my life. And began to say, you need to wake up. You need to tell the people to wake up. They need to turn. In 2020, I heard it more and saw it more. People talking about this scripture over and over again. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. I began to see people finally, finally, pastors, people's eyes, pastors' eyes open to realize that when it says my people, it's not talking about the sinners out there on the street. It's talking about the men and women of God. My people who are called by my name, the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ, the ones who say, I love God. My people who are called by my name, humble yourselves and pray. In 2020, God was saying, get inside your prayer closet, get in your room, pray, seek me while I may be found. This is a perfect time to bring your family around the dinner table and bring your family around the couch and let's talk about what the goodness of God. Talk about what God's doing. What do we do? We talked about God maybe for a few minutes and we talked about the other thing a whole lot more. You spend more time washing your hands and buying sanitizers? Am I right? I like war games. <laughs> yeah. We had to, we had to, you had to get sanitizer, you had to get the mask, and then it wasn't good enough just to have a mask. You had to have a fashion mask. You had to watch videos on how to make a mask. You had to watch videos on how to make sanitizer because you didn't realize you could use that cheap bottle of perfume you had left over in the bathroom to sanitize your hands. You, we spent more and more time on all those things that we spent talking about the goodness of God. I feel the Holy Ghost bearing witness. So I'm not making this up. It's not just me saying stuff. We need to humble ourselves and pray. We need to devote more time to the Lord. People say, well, I have my morning devotions, but I won't drink my coffee unless I have my devotions. People say, I hear it all the time. People have sent me these, these little texts and things that says, all I need is Jesus and a whole lot of coffee, and a whole lot of Jesus and a little bit of coffee. But you see, I, I don't abide by that statement. Because all I need is Jesus. Amen? I like coffee. 
But I don't have to have it. But I've got to have Jesus. Amen. Amen. All I need is Jesus. Amen. 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 But this people, in verse 14, they have not cried unto me with their heart. When they howled upon their beds, they assembled themselves for corn and wine, and that they rebel against me. They're howling, crying. What? Because of lamenting. But they weren't lamenting to the Lord. They wouldn't cry out to the Lord. They were so prideful. They would not even mention his name to cry out to the Lord to help them. We used to say, what would happen? I remember watching videos from the, the movies from the 70s about uh, the coming of the Lord, um, the rapture movies. And they would say, well, what, what would, you know, when something happens, you get in that car accident, you're going to say, oh, God, you're going to say, Jesus, help me. But this generation, they don't know him. They don't know to call upon the Lord. They don't know to say, oh, help me. They might say, help, and they don't know who they're calling out to. Earlier today, I read a, a, a little piece of history. <laughs> it was a great, uh, not great, but a famous psychologist. And this famous psychologist, many, many years ago, became famous. Not because of his methods, not because of science, but because he listened to a demon. He had a spirit guide, and that spirit guide told him what to do. And he became, made him famous. It's true. It's a true story. We don't need to listen to these things. Amen? That's what the enemy is out there to do. To deceive, to kill, steal, and destroy. To twist people's minds, to twist people's thoughts, to twist the word of God. That's what the, the enemy's been doing since the get-go, since the beginning. Amen? Amen? First chance he got in the Garden of Eden, he began to twist the word of God. Say it's not true. It's not like that. It's like this. That's not, that's not the way it is. But that's what Satan does. Amen? The enemy. We need to seek the truth in love. We need to humble ourselves and get over ourselves and begin to tell people the truth. We need to begin to tell ourselves the truth. Speak the truth over ourselves. I am a child of God. I am born again. Everything that Jesus paid for on the cross is mine. Amen? That means that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Amen. Amen. I like that. Amen. 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 Don't be afraid of them. Amen. Fear not. 365 times, fear not. There's 365 days in our year. And for every day of the year, the Lord has put it into the word of God. Fear not. Do not fear. Amen? Don't believe the lies. Don't let the lies cause you to fear. Don't let the lies that come across the television cause you to fear. As a matter of fact, just turn it off. Walk away. You have the Bible to read. Amen? We have things to learn about the Lord. He's coming soon. He's really coming soon. He's telling us to get our act together. The body of Christ or the churches, I don't... Would you I would. Maybe I would. I did. Amen. Um, Praise God. Um, the I think Bernard. Ooh. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> what it was, but, uh, yeah, I can believe you. I said, what did I just hear? 
She says she heard trumpets, and she believes that the trumpets were coming from the north. And we could get into a whole lot of uh, stuff on that. But this message is about a type of judgment. Amen? And judgment comes from the north. Just saying. We need to pay attention to what God's showing us. Amen? We need to not, don't get ourselves all puffed up and lifted up. But God uses people many, many times to confirm things in us. To show us what we need to be doing. Amen? Amen. We need to know God. Amen? We need to know His voice. We need to recognize how He moves. Look at verse 15. Though I have bound and strengthened their arms, yet do they imagine mischief against me. Even though, God says, even though I redeemed them, even though I lifted them up and I gave them strength, they still devise and imagine mischief against me. They return, but not to the Most High. They might come back to, in today's way of thinking, they might come back to church, but they're not coming back to the Most High God. They might come back into the house of the Lord and join, join some events. They might join some eatings, some gatherings, or some, some of this and some of that. They might even tithe, and they might even pay their off, into offerings, and they might get involved in these groups, but they're not returned to the Most High. Men and women of God, we must have discernment. Amen? Pastors, we need to have discernment. And to know, oh, we're getting into this, here we go. They are like a deceitful bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword for the rage of their tongue. This shall be the derision in the land of Egypt. All right, buckle your seatbelt, sister. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1. Set the trumpet to thy mouth. Put the trumpet to your mouth. And when we put a trumpet to our mouth, it's to sound an alarm. Amen? There's another scripture. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. I think it's Ezekiel. Or, anyway, it says, pick up that trumpet and put it to your lips and sound the alarm. Amen? Another place, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. Cry aloud and spare not. That we are, he's saying, put this trumpet to your mouth. He shall come as an eagle against the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant and trespassed my law. Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. And Israel shall cast off the thing that is good. The enemy shall pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have set up leaders and rulers and teachers, decision makers, rulers, without consulting and hearing from God. He says, and I knew it not. That's what it means. It means without consulting or hearing from God. They put people into positions. They put people into positions to lead, to rule, to govern over the people. In those days, they had kings. Today, at the national level, we have presidents and vice presidents. In our churches, we have general overseers, and then we have overseers, and we have administrative overseers. We, we have bishops, and we have... It, uh, some have apostles and pastors and ministers, and sometimes they are put into office, believe it or not, without really consulting the Lord. 
for political reasons, because somebody knows somebody, because somebody related to somebody, because that's just the way it should be. So-and-so passed away, so this person should take their place because they've always been there. Did we consult God? Did we seek God's face? Did we wait upon the Lord for the bearing witness of the Holy Ghost? Where is it? Where is the people who will seek God's face like that? Where have they gone? There are a few of us, but we need to all begin to seek the Lord because he is God, because he is the king, and he decides. The Bible, God himself said, I will put them into office and I will take them down. When we, when we begin to take that position where we will put people in the office and we take them down at our whims or because it's our what makes us feel good or what seemeth good to us, we, that is a sin of pride. We have put ourselves in the place of God to put people into office and take people out of office because of what it will do for us because that's what we want. God is not pleased. We need to repent. We need to humble ourselves before God. Amen? Turn with me to Micah. It's just a few, a few small books on over towards the New Testament, towards the back. It's not at the back, so you'll skip Joel. Remember we said Joel chapter 2, so we're skip Joel, skip Amos, Obadiah, and then there's Micah. Micah. Glory to God. Father, we just praise you tonight. God, we glorify your name, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word is truth. Your word is truth. You sanctify us by your word, Lord. We thank you, God, for your sanctification tonight, Lord God. As you sanctify us by your word, Lord God, as you set us apart, Lord God, for your service, as you clean us up and set us up, Lord God, strengthen us, Lord, for your service, God, that we may do your blessed will in this last end days, Lord, that we'll be ready, our 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 lamps bright and clean and full of oil, that we'll be ready when you call. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Micah, chapter 6. We'll pick up in verse 4. I like to read the whole thing. Y'all want to read the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, let's start in verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. Hear ye now what the Lord say, says. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. O my people, verse 3, O my people, what have I done to you? What have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of the servants. And I set before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord, 
The enemy meant for you to be dead. The enemy meant for you to be six foot under or in an insane asylum somewhere or out in a crack house somewhere. The enemy doesn't want you in the house of God. Amen? The enemy doesn't want you in the will of God. As a matter of fact, the enemy doesn't even want you alive. Unless he can use you as a pawn, a puppet, as a way to destroy someone else's life. But God, amen, God brought you up out of Egypt. Hallelujah. He brought you up out of darkness, out of the dark places. He brought you up. He reached out into the miry clay, and he brought you up. He passed by you there, laying your own blood, naked, in a shame. And he picked you up, and he cleansed you, and he put on you a, a clean robe, the ro- robe of royalty. He put a ring on your finger. He made you his. Amen? He says, I am yours, and you are mine. Hallelujah. He loves you. He says, remember what the enemy meant to do to you? Remember what the enemy had planned for you? But I said, no. I brought you out of that. Don't run from me. Don't run from me. Run to me. Come to me. For what I have for you is good, he says. Look at verse 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? He's saying, people are saying, well, how do I come before you, Lord? What do you want me to bring? You want me to bring all these calves? You want me to do all these things? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my own soul? Sassy. People get real sassy with the Lord. They say things that are so rude and so irreverent to God. Look at verse 8. But our God says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The Lord's voice cries unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it? Hear the correction of the Lord. Hear what God is saying to us. We just need to humble ourselves before God. The church, the organizational headships, and then it flows out from, it should, it should come out from the house of God and go into the community, into the local governments, into the school systems even, and into the higher governments and into the presidencies and so forth. We must humble ourselves before God. We must seek the Lord's face, not coming at him with these hateful, mean things. So what do you want from me? You just want, all you do is tell me to do good over and over again. Who do you think you are, God? He's God. That's who he thinks he is. He knows who he is. We need to know who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you've been born again. And if you're talking to God like that, you need to repent and turn away from that and give your life back to the Lord to run back to him. 
Because in verse 8, God so beautifully has the prophet Micah say, He has shown thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. We lay aside all pride. Let's pray. The altar's open. If you'd like to come to the altar, I would love to pray with you. We can pray together. We can pray together as a as this church. And we just humble ourselves before you, Lord. God, we come humbly before you tonight, Lord. God, we realize, God, that you've spoken something to us, God, that maybe not everybody else is hearing at this moment, but God, we know how your spirit moves and how, yes, even though it seems remote and it seems scarce that it might be spoken in this house, this far, way out here, just in a handful of people, God, that you are speaking in the ears of many, many other men and women of God to bring forth the same word. People are saying revival here, revival there. They can't be true revival without true repentance. Without truly being broken before you, Lord. So, Father, we come to you tonight, God, and we just lay down everything, everything, God, that would separate us from you. Lord, we don't want no pride in our lives. We don't want any sassy talk back to our God. Lord, we, we, we lay it all at your feet. Father God, we, take, we lift off this heavy burden. We give it to you, Lord. All fear, all sorrow, all shame, all wickedness, God. Every manner of wickedness, God, we lay it. We bring it to you, God. We thank you, Father, to wash us and cleanse us and make us whole. We glorify your name tonight, Jesus. God, help us, God, to... To retain this word. God, I speak right now in the name of Jesus. This word will be retained in our spirit. We will hear it. And we will know what thus saith the Lord. That who we are. We are your children. Created in your likeness and image. And we will walk humbly. We will walk justly. And we will seek mercy. As we walk humbly with you, O oh God. Have your will in your way. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank Tithes and offerings. So thank you, sister. I'm like, yes, yes, that's in my wallet. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. We actually did have somebody tune in last week and watch us live. Jesus. All right, all hearts and minds clear? Yeah.
Let's um, would someone like to close us out in prayer? I do have some discernment. Huh? I do have some discernment. You want to come up here and we'll pray with you? Is she? 